You're listening to Direction for Life broadcast with Drs. Herbert and Marsha Bailey. For more information, visit rightdirection.info. We hope you enjoy today's broadcast. Today, Bishop Herbert Bailey continues with Passion for God. Amen, amen. All right, let's go to the Word of God. Let's go to the book of Revelation. As we, this is part two of Passion for God. Passion for God. For God. And the premise of this is that I'm observing that many of us and Christians in general, you can tell by things you hear people saying, we can tell by the by the malaise, we can tell by the fact that folks wasn't excited to come back to church and they had nothing to do, ain't nothing to do with the pandemic. Okay, because everybody going everywhere else, so it, it ain't because you scare germs. Okay, it, okay, folks just just no longer have a passion for the things of God, and um, many of us we've lost our desire, we've lost our zeal, and we lost our passion for the things of God. And when you and when you lose passion and desire for things, it's just not fun anymore. It's not exciting anymore. It's not thrilling anymore. It becomes a drudgery. What used to be a joy becomes a drudgery. A drudgery. What used to be a joy now just becomes a task. It's another thing to do. You lose your zeal. You lose your passion. You, you, you uh, lose your energy. And it's just not enjoyable. So then you just start going through the motions. And our Christian life with God should never be one of just going through the motions. You know... A lot of people's marriage, that, that's what happens. And, it's, and, it's, and the reason why that happens is because people aren't being intentional to, to keep the zeal for the marriage. When we do marriage enrichment, we, we, we talk about the things you have to do to constantly stay connected to each other. You know, in what you say and how you treat, treat each other and giving each other time and deliberately, deliberately putting attention on each other and coming together for fellowship. Um, just physically, time-wise, and sexually. You have to be deliberate about it. It's the same thing with your walk with God. It takes intentionality for you to not just become humdrum and stale and religious. That's That's another word I should use. You can just become religious in your relationship with God. And so we're looking at uh, last week, I, I started off showing you the church of the Laodiceans, but I want to back up to exit to Revelation 2, because before we talk about the church of the Laodicea, uh, Jesus addresses John on the island of Patmos regarding the church of Ephesus. And so Revelation, the second chapter, starting verse one, he says unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, write, these things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand. Who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Number four. Uh, uh, between verse verse two and three. He says I know the good works you're doing. I know what you have done. I know what you, you, you haven't tolerated this. have tolerated that. He said but despite everything you have done. Let's talk about what you haven't done. Okay. A lot of us we like to talk about what we have done. God said let's talk about what you haven't done. Jesus said that on one occasion. He said you tithed off men and you tithed off of this and, you, and you, you're religious. He said this ought you have done, but you should not have left this undone. And so, you know, it's like the rich young ruler. When Jesus approached the rich young ruler, 
uh, Richard and Lou said, what do I have to do? He says, well, do this and obey the command. He said, yeah, I've all, all this that I've done. And he said, well, let's talk about what you haven't done. And so God is always trying to get us to, to the areas that we haven't submitted, the areas that aren't um, totally yielded, the things that we're not doing. God, God wants to focus on those and say, come on, I want, you to, I want you to be everything you can be. And so he says to the church here, excuse me, says to the church of Ephesus, um, number, verse 4, Revelation 2 and 4, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. I got an issue with you. What's the issue? Thou hast left thy first love. Which, and he's talking about himself. Your devotion and your love towards me used to be your first love. Used to be your first love. He says, remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen. You used to be here, now you're here. You used to love me this much, now you love me this much. Remember from how, remember from whence thou art fallen. Remember where you used to be. Think of how you used to love me. Think, remember when you used to have a passion for the word and passion for prayer and couldn't wait to get to church. Remember when you were excited when conference time came. Now I'm talking about, Lord, we got three, three days in a row. Oh, Jesus. Lord, help me get through this conference. Okay. Remember from whence thou art fallen and repent. The word repent means to turn around. If you're going north, when you repent, you're going south. If you're going west, when you repent, you're going east. If when you repent, if you're going northwest, now you're going southeast. It means to go the the exact opposite of where you were going, to make an about face. He said, turn around, repent, and do thy first works. Go back to where you used to be. Do what you used to do. Or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick. Out of his place, except thou repent. There will be judgment. There will be some things that will be taken from you if you don't repent of not putting me first. He said, You've lost your first love. That goes with what I'm teaching on Sundays, Matthew 6 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. So the church at the church at Ephesus, he says. I, I see what you're doing, but you but you're no longer doing it from a place of passion towards me. You're going through the motions. You've become religious. And many of you us, the reason why we're in this church is because we were at other churches where we were already religious. And you came here and something got ignited in you. Amen. Come on. Okay, you were you you were go, you were already doing that. So why are you going to fall back to just religion? Just going through the motions. Him 129. Stand up, sit down. Shake your neighbor's hand. Okay? Okay, uh opening prayer, uh, uh, do uh uh do it, sermon it, then go have your cigarette. Come on, no, 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 no. We don't want to just be going through the motions. We want to have passion towards God. And so we there, I'm showing you the church at Ephesus, and then we already looked at the church of the of um of Laodicea. Revelation 3, 13 through 19. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Now let me say, when the Bible says he that has an ear, he says, if you, he's, I need you to have a spiritual ear to discern what God is saying in this time. Understand 
and know when God is speaking to you and hear the word behind the word. He that hath an ear, spiritual ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the church and to the angel, the pastor of the church, the laid, laid the scenes, right? These things say the amen, all this referring to Jesus, the faithful, the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. All those are titles for Jesus. Verse 15, I know your works, that thou art neither hot, thou art neither cold nor hot. Cold, y'all, y'all ever have food that's lukewarm food? Certain things, I mean, come on, ice cream is supposed to be cold. Steak's supposed to be hot. A lukewarm steak ain't going to work. Right? It's not hot. Or, it ain't, it's not hot, but it's not cold. But, but, but that's, that's, not, that's not enjoyable steak. Okay? We, we were uh, on, on the way here, and I didn't know who. I guess Pastor Mars had ordered some pizza. So I ran running out the house. I ran so, uh, on the way here. I, grabbed, uh, I, I, I quickly grabbed it from the box because in a moment, that pizza about to be lukewarm. Okay? Lukewarm pizza is not good. Okay? Pizza is good when it's hot, when the grease is running off it and the cheese is melted. Y'all un- y- y- you understand? I mean, on a cold day, if you're drinking a Pepsi or a Coke, you want an ice and you want, some, you, want, you, want, you want it cold. Certain things are supposed to be cold, certain things are supposed to be hot. And God said in your relationship with me, you know, you're not totally backsliding. You're not completely cold. But yeah, whatever, just here. If I come to church, I come. If I don't, I don't. Read the word, read the word. If I don't, I don't. If I... Uh, you go to church? You ever ask people, you go to church, they say, I don't know. Come on, you, all, we all know the people. I'll see you. You come to church this weekend? Uh, uh, I don't know. We'll see. If I feel like it. If I feel like When you was partying, nobody had to ask you, do you feel like partying Friday? You going to be there? Club open, the, you know, the club, the, I mean, at 10 o'clock, I don't know, we'll see. No, you, you were passionate about it. You, you planned for it. You, you dressed for it. You got a tighter dress for it. Okay? You, you, you did what you had to do. And God's saying, but regarding me, he says, I know you're working neither hot nor cold. He said, and I would you were one or the other. So then you're lukewarm. Neither hot, cold, nor hot, I'll spew thee out of my mouth. God said, that's disgusting to me. Because, and then he gives us the reason why they have become lukewarm in their relationship with God. He says, because thou sayest I'm rich, I'm increased with good, I have need of nothing. And you don't really know that even though you externally you got it going on, externally your material needs are met, when you take an inventory internally, and regarding where you are spiritually, you don't know that you're wretched, you're miserable, you're poor, you're blind, and you're naked. He said, you are a hot mess. You look like you got it going on. Your car's better. Your job is better. Your money is better. But you are a mess inside. You're wretched, you're miserable, you're poor, you're blind, you're naked. And so I counsel you, I advise you to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich for real. White raiment that thou mayest be clothed. 
And that the shame of thy nakedness does not appear. He said, we don't get this right. Everybody going to see what I already know. <laughs> Everybody going to say, I know you're driving good and your house good and your money is good and all that here. And you got a big smile on your face, but inside you're dying. Because you've gotten disconnected from me. And you're no longer putting me first. He said, so let's get this right. So your nakedness doesn't appear before all. Anoint your eyes with outside. Ask me to open up your eyes that thou may see. For as many as I love, I rebuke, I chasten. Be zealous, therefore. Get in a hurry to repent. God is calling the church back to a passionate relationship with him. Now, I shared this earlier, so I'm sharing it again. This is my Wednesday Bible study. Some saw it on, at 12 and some are seeing now. But um, we're doing some redecorating in our home. And so we're talking to, we, we were, had a meeting with a, um, a decorator, a interior designer, who is, happened to be a, a Chinese woman. And so um, I can't, so some kind of way, I asked her, was she a Christian? She said, yes. So she said, yes. So she, I, saw, I said, well, tell me how, when you become a Christian. She said, oh, I've been, only, I've been, I've been a Christian for two years. I'm a baby. And I said, well, tell me about, she said, uh, she told me she goes to a United Methodist Church. Okay. You all know United Methodist, for the most part, has white Methodist Church. Okay. Not, not AME Methodist. You and me. United Methodist Church. Yes. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Okay. I said, see, I said, you got saved there? She said, yeah. I said, well, I thought, and I said, because as far as I know, you know, I ain't really heard much about them making altar calls and that kind of thing. So I was curious about, she said, my friend had been inviting me to come to church with her. She said, so I came and she said, uh, I, I, she said, I got, I, I can't remember what exact words she used about save or born again, became a Christian. She said, I became a Christian because of communion. I said, huh? She said, yeah, I went to, I went to take communion. I said, well, you're not supposed to take communion if you're not a Christian yet. She said, I didn't know. And so if you're all familiar with Methodist Church, most of the time you come down to the altar, you made the stand or kneel, and the minister serves communion to you. You can either put it in your hand or, or, or even put it on your tongue. And now she's Chinese. She, told, she said she had been to, in, she went to a church one other time. I don't know if that was when she first came to the United States or in China. Anyway, she said, I think it was Catholic. She said, I walked by and I walked in. She said, and I, there was a nun there and who said something to me. She said, and I just said, okay. And then I kept on, kept on moving. She said, that was her only experience in a Christian church. Just passing through. She said, but when I took communion, she said, something happened to me. She said, I can't explain this to everyone. I can't, she said, I hope I can explain this to you and talk to you about it. She said, I can't tell everybody about this because they think I'm crazy. She said, but it was like fire went through my body. She said, it was like electricity from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet. She said, and I was, I couldn't stop weeping. I couldn't stop weeping. And I, and I said, I said, what did your friends do? Because I'm preaching these folks, seeing this, seeing this woman in this United Methodist Church experiencing God. And they, you know, just, you just going through religion. She said, one of them kept saying, it's all right. It's, it's all right. It's, it's all right. And I said, I said, well, did you, did you, so did somebody lead you to the Lord? Because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to lead in sinner's prayer now. I'm like, this two years and all you felt electricity and you still ain't confessed with your mouth. 
and believe with your heart. So I said, she said, she said, oh yeah, about two weeks later, I did that. She said, but she said, uh, uh, she said, my friend who brought her said, um, I want what you have. She said, I, 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 she said, you're making me excited about, she, 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 and she said, she said, uh, and, and then she, when she talked to me, she said, I, I, even right now, she said, I, 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 it's, it's just so real to me. She said, I know what I experienced with God. She said, I want the same thing for my, for my son and for my husband. She said, but my husband, it'll probably never happen to him because he's a different kind of guy. I said, no. I said, yeah, she said, like, he, like, he, he, he. Yeah, she said, he a different kind of guy. I said, no. I said, if you got saved, I said, I'm going to show you the scripture. The Bible said the unbelieving uh, spouse is sanctified by a believing spouse. God has a plan for your husband. And she said, she said, my son is trying to get me to change. She said, and I told him I can't change because this is so real to me. She said, I know what I experienced with Jesus. And she's and she's talking to us. She's standing in the living room talking. And she said, even now, she said, I just, oh, I just get so filled up. Even just thinking about it, it makes me start crying. She said, and I, she said, all I want to do is read the word every day. She said, I read the word and I just start crying. She said, I just watch TBN. And she said, on my car, I'm just constantly listening to the word. She said, it's so real to me. I said to her. Do you know anything about the Holy Ghost? And speaking in tongues, he said, tongues? I don't know nothing about that. This woman, don't speak in tongues. Don't go to a running church. Nobody laid hands on her, but she experienced the presence of Jesus and had an encounter with God. And when I said to her, I said, I said, oh, I said, said, "You, you remind me of my wife. I said, you had an undeniable encounter with Jesus. And for two years, she's just been passionately in love with Jesus and diligently seeking him. And we sit up here talking about we got to go to church again. I can't get into this. You got people who don't. Well, I'm, I'm jumping ahead of myself who, 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 who can't deal with teaching that. There's, there's people, there's religious people in church who love, who love a good song and patting your feet and clapping your hand. And as soon as the word comes forth, especially if you ain't hooping and yelling and screaming, fall right to sleep. Or what about the churches where, where, where they, they do all the singing and, and rejoicing and all that? Y'all know we have no problem with that. And as soon as the preacher comes up, the finger goes up. That's time to leave. And for those of you who don't know, the, the finger, and, and which, why, which why I will break your finger, you do it up in here. Okay. The finger comes from slavery where the slaves had to sit in the balcony and they tried to get the attention of master to ask to be excused. Look, look somebody said, put your finger down. Put your finger down. Okay, and and we, we just followed that through. We just followed it through. A lot of stuff we just followed through. Okay, but the, but we we don't have a passion for God. And and when I heard her, I said, man, I said that's the kind of passion we're supposed to have. And it's not it's, and not just supposed to last. And the reason why the reason why I still stirred up in her because she's still seeking God, because right. she's still reading the Word, because she's saturating herself with the Word of God. 
The first commandment we told you Jesus said was about passion. Deuteronomy 6 and 5, thou shalt love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, with all your might. David had a passionate relationship with the Lord, which is why he wrote the Psalms. Uh, a passion for God requires you, as we move on this week, you got to have, in order to have a passion for God, you have to have a passion for the word. You, you have to have a passion for the word. Now, y'all, uh, our church, seriously, y'all, our church is one of, is, is an exceptional church for midweek Bible study services. Okay? Um, the average Christian church, folks don't come to Bible study. You know, because that's boring. And so you need to, if you're going to be passionate about your relationship with the Lord, you're going to have to have a passion for the word. First Peter 2 and 2. It says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. What's going to cause you to grow, not only in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus, but in your relationship and your passion towards the Lord is the word of God. And so when we first get saved, the first thing you have to do is get in the word. In my, in my, my first book, I'm sure all those are out of print now. Um, my, in my first book, Headed in the Right Direction. I, I, it's basically a new believer's book. What do you do after you get saved? One of the first things I, I say, you need to get in the word. You need to get in a good church. You need to get in the water. You need to get baptized. You need to give the tithe. You need to get a prayer life. Some basic things. But you have to get in the word. Jesus and his word are one. John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus and the word are one. You can't love Jesus and not love his word. So Peter says in 1 Peter 2 and 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Now, one of the things that always stands out to me about this scripture, he say he's telling us as Christians, telling us to desire the milk of the word. It's telling us to desire the word. Um, I watched my daughter-in-law nursing my grandson other day she well I mean she she's undercover she she got a that's one I'm y'all getting a picture of this you watch her yeah but you know she has a blanket she puts over a nursing blanket and um and so I watched her finish and when when she got finished he he came out and looked at her and then he lived. he he wants some more okay he had a desire for it now a natural baby naturally desires milk right but he's telling us the word he's telling us to desire it which means it's not a natural desire the desire for the word has to be cultivated you follow me it's cultivated by me feeding it to you it's cultivated by you putting yourself in an environment to hear it and receive it even if it's not jubilant preaching there's some churches, y'all, they have no desire for the word. They desire preaching and a good sermon, but they really don't have a desire for the word. All those scriptures. Okay. Uh, uh, um, uh, I remember, remember Bishop Bailey told me one time when I was coming up to New Jersey to preach at Full Gospel, he invited this woman 
um, who watched, watched me on television. She said, oh, I need to come. my nephew's going to be preaching. She said, well, he just stand there and talk, right? He told me she said that. He, he just stand there and talk. I see some of y'all can't even relate to what, one, what some of y'all do know what I'm talking about. In her mind, I, I ain't really, I, he ain't worth coming no, no revival for. All he's going to do is stand there and talk. And, and the deal is, that particular person, she has no desire for the word. May have a desire for entertainment. May have a desire for emotion. But you have to have a desire for the word that goes beyond thrilling preaching and entertaining preaching. You have to have a desire for the word. And when you have a desire for the word, watch it. When you really desire the word, you, you, don't, you don't have a problem in what form it comes in as long as it's the word. So he says, as newborn babes, desire, yes. telling us to desire it. It's a desire that has to be cultivated. I don't know if you realize this. You know, I, I, most of the time now I drink, I drink um, sparkling water, okay, Perrier and San Pellegrino. Okay, and I've even discovered some others recently. But, and I started doing that because I used to like to drink a lot of sodas. And, I, and, you know, and as you got older, I started having Dunlap disease. And Dunlap disease, when your belly Dunlapped over your belt... And so I, need to, I knew I had to push back on these sodas, so I started drinking uh, carbonated water, okay? But I don't know if you remember, you, you were drinking sparkling water before I was. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it was years ago. And uh, you had, so I had never had any. Right. And the first time I said, ugh, I don't know how you drink that. Now I drink it all the time. It wasn't something I desired. It was a, it was a taste I had to cultivate. Right, that's good. When you lose your passion and desire for something, it's not fun or enjoyable anymore. You just go through the motions. Many of us have lost our passion for God and the things of God. In this teaching, Bishop Herbert Bailey encourages us to find the passion we once had for God and the things of God. To order this message, call 877-798-5433 or order online at www.rightdirection.info. Just ask for passion for God. As we continue to socially distance, be sure to stay connected with us online. Stream our services on Facebook and YouTube, as well as rdci.info via the Watch Live tab. Sunday morning services are at 7.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, and our website. Wednesday Bible study airs at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Friday, Women's Bible Study airs at 12 noon via Facebook Live. Consider connecting with us as a partner or an iChurch member. More information about our partnership and iChurch member services can be found on our website at rdci.info. For consistent updates and encouragement, connect with us on social media through Facebook at Right Direction Church International and on Twitter and Instagram at the RDCI. Right Direction Ministries, transforming lives and impacting generations.